0: Hey, everybody, this is Larry the Cable Guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the men's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone, and I said, that sounds like Hermie Sadler. He said, it is Hermie Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leanin' Right and the Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know that Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best-looking drivers in NASCAR. He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. <laughs> you never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, leaning Right, turning Left, is good. So pull up a chair right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer, and give a listen right here to this week's episode of Leanin' Right, Turning Left with Sadler and the Senators. I'll tell you what, I bet Michael Waltrip's even listening. He's always wanted to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Waltrip. Get her done!
1: Thank you again, Larry the Cable Guy. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm leaning right. And I'm former NASCAR driver Hermie Sadler,
2: and I'm turning left. Leaning right and turning left is back with the Christmas Week edition. <laughs> <laughs> of leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator, as always, powered by Pacesetter. Oh,
0: ho, 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 Hermes Sadler!
2: We went to see the. You're on my naughty list, Hermes. Legendary Santa, s-
1: this past Sunday. I heard
2: Right here in Richmond.
1: So, so again, you know, I think we talked about this last Christmas. Uh, the legendary uh, Santa that you have, and I saw this on your Facebook feed. Explain to us what Legendary Santa is, because we have Santas all over the United yeah. States with yeah. Virginia. But there's only one true Santa, and there's only one true fanny pack. He's with us again, and we're together. We're not doing this remotely. We're together, and it's our main man, Shep, Mom, Santa, Santa. Shep. Santa has come down the chimney
3: today and delivered me as your present.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, after that bad joke <laughs> about Santa. Last week. Why you didn't have any kids. Oh, it's a great joke. Um, I listened to it on the way up here as I drove from Southern Virginia, Southside Virginia, up here to Richmond. We're in Richmond. Uh, we're not um, at the Stanley Skyscraper. We're at my in here in the beautiful and lovely compound that you guys are afraid to even drive into. It's a nice gated community. <laughs> it, it, it is as best as it can be. But we're here with our pre-Christmas episode. Yeah. And you went and saw Legendary so, Santa. Legendary Santa...
2: When I was a kid growing up, he was at Miller and Rhodes here in Richmond. Which now, was a
1: clothing store, which is now a hotel.
2: That's right. These days, right next to the Capitol. legendary Santa is over at the Science Museum of Virginia. There was a jolly old fellow named Dan Rowe. We used to call him Santa Dan. That was the legendary Santa from the time that I can remember, four or five years old, until he passed away. About five years ago, in his mid-90s, he was still being the legendary Santa at Miller and Rose, and he's known not just statewide, but not going to say nationwide, but certainly across the region as a legendary Santa. What made the legendary Santa cool for us, Bill, is as a kid, you didn't quite pick up on it quite as much, but... You walk up, and before you go see Santa, you speak to his beautiful snow queen, and she asks you several questions, including your name. And the cool thing was Santa call the legendary Santa calls every kid up to see him by their name. You know, so Santa looks at the next one in line and says, Hey, Cora, Naomi, and Haley, y'all come on up and see Santa. I mean, how would anybody other than the Legendary Santa know everybody's name? But the cool part about it was um, I had a special friendship with the Legendary Santa outside of Santa land. Legendary Santa happened to be a race fan and Legendary Santa, Santa Dan, actually used to install swimming pools.
3: Oh, wow. (laughs) When he's not on his
2: sled, And later in life had a... Uh, a shop here in the Richmond area where he uh, repaired jewelry and furniture and polished brass and things of that nature that we carried stuff to. So the cool thing was as my, as my, as Cora and Naomi, as they reached the 11, 12, 13 year old range, and they started to hear things about Santa at school and on the school bus about is Santa real? All I had to do, because in this Santa legendary Santa Santa Dan had a very distinct voice. You would know it anywhere. I would have Santa call and talk to Cora. You know, like
1: like on hey, Christmas Eve or
2: uh, Christmas Eve. Hey Cora, this is Santa. How are your how are your dogs doing? How is how is you know how is M M&M and M and how is Bristol and you know, so if Cora had a little question about, you know, so and so said on the bus that Santa wasn't real, and Cora be like, "Bullshit! <laughs> Santa called me and knows where everything. I live, knows my name, knows my dogs, knows my this, that, and the other, so and knows I just said bullshit." <laughs> so, I'm you know, the gift we, that. Were to, we were able to, we were able to keep the dream of Santa alive in our house for a extra year or two. That's pretty cool. Which was great. And, uh, but we went this past Sunday. Um, it was river, my granddaughter, her first ever trip to see Santa. She slept through the whole thing. But the other cool part was, you know, Haley is 25, but she special needs and Haley is still 100% all in on Santa.
1: Didn't That's she awesome, have, like, a, last year she had a list of, like, 83 items, wasn't This there? year she
2: cut it down to five. Oh, wow. And Santa even said, Haley got her list printed off, just to make sure there's no misunderstanding. Right. With Santa. Yeah. And Don't Santa. A handwriting looked, mistake. Santa, it was printed off, and Santa said, Haley, this is a very practical wish list. I'm going to see what I can do, and would you also like some surprises? And Haley said, yes.
1: Wow. So, so down to five, I mean, can you talk about what those five <laughs> would be there, uh?
2: very practical items, Um, iPad case. Sure. Uh, She loves bright colors, Um, a rainbow backpack, Mm, things of that nature. Yeah. Things Mm -hmm. that certainly not what my other kids, cars and, you know, all that, (laughs) you know, but, but, you know, uh, Santa Dan, Dan Rowe was a special, special person. He actually, after he retired from Santa land, actually made a trip to the barn behind Elliot's house to come see our family uh, and do, and do Santa for us Oh wow. at, um, and you know, my kids just beautiful Santa, but, but it really made Christmas special around our house for since the time I can remember ever going to see Santa at Miller and Rhodes up until about five
1: years ago. That's an amazing story. I mean, I hope my kids don't listen to this uh, podcast episode because then they'll see I gave him the Santa short shrift compared to what the Sadler household was.
3: What about you? We talked about this coming up here today, actually, Mm -hmm. Hermie and I did, and he pulled up a picture on his phone. I think it was 2017. Yeah. I think I saw it was 2017 where they, uh, the legendary Santa was at the barn, exactly what Hermie was talking about. It's a really cool family picture. Yep. What a great memory.
1: Oh, wow. Hermie showing me that picture now and you look skinnier and your kids look beautiful as always. And man, he looks like Santa, mm-hmm. a real life Santa. Yep. Was that a real beard or was that a fake beard? He would, he would grow it in
2: and then they, but Added he was, he was the most beautiful Santa and and great guy and, um, loved some NASCAR racing too. So how, how did he get un- the Unbeknownst of- to even my kids when they were young. They stood on Pit Road beside Santa Dan many didn't know never knew it. <laughs> How
1: do you get the name Legendary
2: Santa? But that's just what the, the, the experience is called okay. here in Richmond. It's been... It's been that forever. You know, and, and back in the early days, I'm it was Santa Dan and his brother. So they had one seeing all the kids in the bottom of Millen Roads. Then you could go up on the top floor at Millen and Roads and go to the tea room and have... Uh, cake with Santa and Rudolph, and they look very similar. So it was two Santas, one seeing the kids download, and you could go uh, have Rudolph cake with the Santa upstairs. Mm, so, pretty cool. Did
1: you ever go see Legendary Santa? I did, you yes. Did? I That's have a a young some man? pictures. No,
3: I mean, I was a kid.
1: I mean, before you started shooting up the Ozempic and losing all this weight, were you, like, breaking his leg when you'd sit on his lap? I was, <laughs> like, eight, nine, ten years old. And again, my question <laughs> is the same. Long
3: red hair. Long red hair. You plaid pants mm. or wide.
2: Hey, can we Bluetooth something through? I've got on my phone back from 2017, the legendary Santa read part of a Christmas story to my kids. And we'll just play like 30 seconds of
1: this. Is that all right with you, Bill? Well, sure. No, yeah, we can hear the real Santa. I mean, it takes me just a minute here. Should to, we be playing some Christmas music? Maybe. I on. mean, hold on. Yeah. Stop that and play that. Okay. That's, that sounds good. Um, I mean, this is the almost Christmas episode. I mean, I me, is your Bluetooth on? when you're hearing this episode, it's Thursday. Christmas is Monday. Everybody's getting their shopping done. Everybody's decorating, making cookies. We made cookies this past weekend, made Chex Mix uh, uh, and my famous Chex Mix maker. And I we've really been enjoying, enjoying, enjoying a, a really good Christmas. So is this, let's see if these boys can put this together because we just have an uh, audible. Yeah, well. You know, we we sat here for forty five minutes waiting to tape. While my son and Aaron Arnold were trying to put some uh, clips together for us on the best of, and can uh, me just play it? and Hold it next to the mic.
2: No, just hang
3: on. a minute. Let me add. You. <laughs> here
1: we go. <laughs> <laughs> do do
4: do 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 do, uh, do 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 <whistles> well, anyway,
2: Everybody's- We went to legendary Santa my whole life right. and then-
1: is that the number on your phone? I don't have no idea. Okay, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say oh it oh boy, when country tries technology, <laughs> are we ready? Chef, come no, on, I man! I'll tell
3: you when. Give me a look.
1: Here, you know what? You know what we should do? We should be playing Christmas music while you're doing. Wait it. a minute! I can't do any better.
2: Dashing through the snow <laughs> oh in man. a one-horse open sleigh, over the hills we go. <laughs> laughing all the way, ha ha ha. build on Bob Till I can see how this is gonna Making work out. spirits bright. What fun it is to laugh and sing a slaying song tonight! <laughs> oh, Jingo Bells, Jingo Bells. Wait a minute. No, it's Jingo Bells, shotgun shells. Uh, Robin laid uh, an egg. Somebody right. laid an egg. Who's laid right, an Robin, egg? yeah. Here we go. Tabatmobile right, lost his connected. wheel Hold and on. a joker got away.
1: <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, that's this a great. My favorite Christmas song.
0: Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing right, as are ready.
1: I think we're ready. But as for me and grandpa, we believe Are we gonna try it? Yep.
2: Let's so try it. So this is the legendary Santa came to our house in Emporia to see our family back in 2017.
4: Some of my little friends say there's no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Virginia, O'Hanlon, 115 West 95th Street, New York City many years ago. And the editor replied, Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of the skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All mind, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's, are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant in his intellect, as compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence, the intelligence Capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus.
2: So you can see uh Legendary Santa getting emotional reading that story to my kids, but anybody who's listening to this podcast that is from central to south side of Virginia. Knows the legendary Santa Claus. And Santa Dan was that guy for as long as
1: I can remember. Wow. That's. Yeah. Shows a little Santa favoritism towards the Sadler family. I don't think we ever had anything well, like had that. To
2: reel them back in for one more. Of course, then after that, we went to the old thing that we use today. You know, and when your kids get to be teenagers, they like, I don't believe in Santa. And we just like me and Angie were like, Okay.
4: No problem. If
2: you don't believe, you will not receive. And so, <laughs> oh, yeah, I believe in Santa. Yeah, <laughs> so, my,
1: my youngest boy still does. And we we do the elf on the shelf with the reindeer. You guys oh, yeah. do all that?
3: We to sell that in the store. What a great tradition. Oh, really? At memory Makers? Store, yeah. yeah. How's
1: that going? Is that going great? Memory store going maker? great? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's close. I mean, when you're, what? Memory makers. When you're not at Boyd Chevrolet, you're at Memory Makers, right? No? Okay, well, if there's not a town council meeting? Oh, that's right. You reside. Um, so, so, my, so my youngest boy, but all my children, Elf on the Shelf, which I think is created just to drive parents crazy. I mean, think about it. Every night you have to wait till your kid goes to sleep and then move them again. And so for my son, you know, one year we lost Elf on the Shelf. We packed it away somewhere. We couldn't find it. When an emergency got an Elf on the Shelf, I think I bought it. Turns out it was an Elfina. It was a chick Elf which he clearly knew the difference of. And then we brought out, or actually before we brought out the Elfina, we had a reindeer, which he named Lafayette. So Alex, the elf and Lafayette make an appearance every day in a different position in a different place in our house. And that tradition still continues and he still likes it. And I think he still believes what do you, what do you or want? He knows that the gift count is increased by believing in Santa, because I'm sure, you know, when they're in like the sixth grade, like he's in, a lot of the kids are, you know, saying Santa doesn't exist. But for him, he believes.
2: What do y'all do? Then I'll ask. What do y'all do? Do y'all have any tradition for like Christmas Eve and Christmas morning? Yeah. How do y'all? How do y'all do all that with family?
1: Well, and so we've done this. This past weekend was Cookie Weekend, and we do checks mix and stuff that we. I give out cookies and, and checks mixed to to all of the staff of the clerk's office in Franklin County, the Commonwealth's attorney, the judge's secretary. Someone like a quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah a quid pro Little cookie. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you get sugar. Yeah. I need sugar later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but it's been a tradition we've done for years. And so the kids really get into making a whole bunch of different cookies. Oatmeal raisin, you know, the the peanut butter um, kisses drop cookie and and spritz cookies. Do you and, make them yourself? Yes, they're all homemade. No way. Yes. All I homemade. said, do
2: you make them yourself?
1: Uh, I used to be more participatory. I think this year I, they were more participatory. Yeah, Used I, to be more participatory. Yeah, yeah. Participatory. Yeah, yeah, cause cause I, I mean, I, I would make homemade chocolate chip and make the homemade oatmeal raisin. My wife kind of did most of that this year. I'm trying to give you props for being
2: an a, an accomplished chef oh, and cook. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but I'm asking her. you if you actually, when you're... Bribing people within the judicial <laughs> <Judas>. <laughs> system with cookies? Are you making them yourself? Yes. Or are usually. You usually, child labor. I mean,
3: <laughs> yes,
1: usually. Sweatshop usually, they, yeah.
3: They're, they're usually, but it, but it's neck Aquatic. The kids get center.
1: into it, and and we get the sugar cookies, and then they decorate them, and mm-hmm. and they have a lot of fun that way. The older kids, not so much. My daughter, who's back from college, she decorated some with, with Chandler the, the sugar cookies. But both of them made the snickerdoodles and, and the oatmeal raisin and all that stuff with my wife. And I kind of sat there and drank beer and watched and, and giggled and laughed. But I make the Chex Mix because I have a particular Chex Mix recipe in a particular, you know, uh, thing that I cook it in. And you've got to cook it very slowly for about two and a half, three hours to make it just right with the a right A lot of spices. difference between two and a half and three. So we need Well, to be- yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, you turn the temperature up to make it two and a half because you don't want to sit there for three.
2: As Jimmy Spencer would say, you need to be more Pacific.
1: So when you do
3: these uh, bacon treats,
1: do you- Bacon treats? What you- Baking. Baking. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said bacon. bacon. I was like, "Mm, um, bacon. So do you get- um, He's got a funny accent. He does.
3: Favors back during the course of the year, as Hermie alluded to?
1: From whom? These- uh, No. Clerks of the court? Well, well, listen- Look, we do this look. out of appreciation. <laughs> look, we haven't done yeah, look, that in a while. Look. We do that out of appreciation. Every year they they take our stuff. We work hard. Mm-hmm. We work them hard. We file a lot of pleadings. We ask for continuances. We move things around. We send out subpoenas through them. And so they do a very good job for us. And so we're just saying thank you at the end. And then I got a very, nice, uh, a very nice email from one of the clerks uh, in Franklin County. And I just do it in my home county. So it's not like. You know, I'd I'd love to do it in all the places that that I'm that I practice. Have you ever in, but thought about packaging a lot of checks this product back. for sale? No, no, but but we do that. You know, now some of the some of the attorneys do stuff like do that. Do you
3: have a? Um Health department license to be making this kind of <laughs> really, Mister
1: Class A uh, contractor uh, changing floors I mean, and
3: double wides. You're doing a lot of uh, volume. Here. Oh, wait,
1: wait, isn't this the muscle of maiden? in the a jerk kitchen of, that nobody knows about? Uh, no, but we have a very nice kitchen, and and we're very happy to. to do I want to know why. So I want to read you muscle. something. I want to read you something from one of the clerks in the. Uh, oh, actually, it's from the Commonwealth Attorney's Office. So of course, I send some cookies to the prosecutor. But it said, uh, thank you for the Christmas cookies and yummy Chex Mix. It was so thoughtful of you to think of us. I just wanted you to know how much we appreciate it. Now, I got to go and get some before they're all gone. LOL. Hope you and your family have a beautiful Christmas. Thank you. Oh, that's very nice. I, but, that, but, you know, they do so much for us in the judicial uh-huh. system. I re, they really, you know, keep the trains running on time. And, and a lot of times, you know, attorneys aren't appreciative. And that's just something we've done for about... Fifteen years, so it's like a tradition, so and the kids are a part of it. To
3: the Commonwealth Attorney's Office too.
1: Send them about two boxes of cookies, homemade, and a big box of checks. What
3: cookies. does that sound like, Hermie?
1: So quid pro qu- cookie. Okay, that, so, so you're saying that because I do this for them, then I'm expecting something in return. I'm actually saying, thank you. Please don't hurt me. Because if we've ever been a dick during the year, <laughs> and and put a lot on. Sounds like it. to me. So uh,
2: what? What I'm saying. What I was really trying to. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but what I was really trying to ask is, you know, I
1: love when Irving gets all serious,
2: where you will you, like your, uh, Colin is Colin? older. Will he stay 21. at the
1: house Christmas Eve night or no, he'll come over with his girlfriend and the baby, yeah. um, Christmas morning.
3: Is he still in the fifth wheel?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no. The fifth wheel is parked, uh, oh, conspicuously so right? out in front of my office. Next to my RV. Does it have a full sale sign on? Uh, not yet. But if anybody's interested in a beautiful fifth wheel, barely used, about a month, uh, Cougar. It's a wonderful. I bet it is. I was actually thinking, because Hermie, you said, you know, I was thinking about coming up here. I come up every year to the General Assembly. We're in Richmond right now. You know, I stay at this place for 60 days. This and Hermie's right. like, you ought to hook up at the uh, at the Race Richmond track. International Raceway, because they got hookups. And if they yeah. had hookups and yeah, and even for the, for the crapper. Yeah, I mean that—that's something to think about because that would be an awful money saver, but um, but yeah, no, that's there and and then they come over. Our tradition has usually been Christmas Eve, as you were asking earlier. Uh, we have them all over. We do our last bit of wrapping. I make a turkey. We have ham. We do a charcuterie board. Um, it's not a called a coochie that. board. A coochie board. We, you know, uh, my wife puts you know a nice spread out. We eat that kind of stuff. Listen to Christmas music. Uh, read from the Bible and the Christmas uh, story and and really have a nice little family thing as we get ready. And and usually the kids get so excited, as you know, Hermie, and and you know, Shep, they get so excited and can't sleep. And so we'd have to sit there and wait and wait and put whatever big gifts are for them, you know, later that evening when they finally fall asleep at one o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, wake up Christmas morning. We have, usually the kids are up at 6.30, which is ridiculous. I try to ignore them until seven. Uh, we make a big breakfast, like you know, eggs Benedict and omelets and waffles and stuff. What time? My is mom that? comes over. <laughs> Would you like to come? Maybe I'm coming. Absolutely, today. bring your wife. It'd be lovely. And um, my my mom, we go get my mom, drive drive her over, and then we sit there and we open family gifts until you know the afternoon. We take our time. and Then we eat a little lunch. You know, kind of like a after we have breakfast, we have a you know again the the turkey and the ham for sandwiches, and then um, we go over to her. my wife's in-laws, or I guess they're her parents, we go over to the outlaws. And, and that's where the fun begins. Yeah, and let me tell you. And and you and I were on the phone last year, if you remember Christmas Day, yeah. comparing notes and and enjoying ourselves and making jokes about it as uh, we do our obligations. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're fine. And then yeah. her brother comes over and all their kids and all the kids are there. And, you know, and we do that Christmas. <laughs> and then we come back. And then usually my wife and I, when the kids kind of settle down, they're all playing with their stuff or Doing whatever you don't have everything. a quiet romantic moment. Then we have we open our gifts to oh, each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, and, a little quiet uh, moment. You know, and yeah. I, I say, here, honey, I got you a pair of fuzzy socks, and I love you. <laughs> How romantic! And so, what have you? And she gives me new underwear, and it, it's a great time. Where have you <laughs>
3: shopped for her this year?
1: Uh, Home Depot, Saks Fifth, <laughs> Saks Fifth Avenue. But do
2: not well, you work for Lowe's?
1: I know, I know, but the the gift. See, I mean, so she's, she's one podcast back. She may not catch this before Christmas. If I tell you what she's gotten, I mean, I've gotten, I mean, all right. I'll tell you like from home Depot, they, they sell an Oscar Mayer hot dog maker. <laughs> she loves hot dogs. And it's like one of those hot dog rollers that you see it. It just rolls a little with wiener. The bun, you know, yeah. Rolls a little and wiener. She loves a rolled wiener, <laughs> wiener and a hot rolled wiener. And, um, then, you know, steams the bread underneath. So she had mentioned that one time. So, you know, you have you ever looked silly at, gifts at Fredericks like of Hollywood? Who's, who's that guy?
3: Just little... I mean, don't the no, women's. But I got her some jammies
1: than... with one of those little vents in the back, you know, where you can take the poop without ever having to take the, the onesie out. the name of
2: the place to sales? The nice, most well-known place to sells the lingerie—the place you shop at all the Frederick's time of Hollywood. No, so no. What's the <laughs> to Hollywood's the
1: e? trashy no. one, dude? That's a, that it's was when he got a magazine e? in the no, no. Victoria's, Secret. Secret. Victoria's, Secret.
2: Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret. And don't you have a VIP card? I do. I do.
3: Yeah. I do. Absolutely.
2: <laughs>
3: I mean, <laughs> can, I, can I use it? See how you get a <laughs> for table. For and we go. But to I'm gonna need somebody else
2: <laughs> to ask my wife what size everything is. When you go to bookbinders, we get a table. When I go to Victoria's
3: Secret, I go to back room. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do? On Christmas?
2: Well, uh let's get chef bosses first. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. We're gonna well, we're gonna end with yours big.
3: Mine is nowhere near is family oriented, is either one of y'all's because you have to remember for the past or really all of my life, I've been Christmas during re or retail during Christmas. So we typically would close the store at two o'clock on Christmas Eve. Oh wow. And be is so it
2: means that- you sold memory makers, you don't have to sit there and count all your money, Christmas. Exactly. Day. And there's yeah.
3: nothing to count. <laughs> so, you know, at two o'clock we would close and it would just be um a deep breath. Thank goodness it's over. Has everybody picked all the gifts up? Is it anything to deliver? And then normally we would get home by two thirty. Um that would normally entail a couple of cocktails. Some close friends would come over this is and shoot some day. Up. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So you closed at, at 2, two o'clock. o'clock Christmas Eve. Yep. Um, so we'd have some people to come over. We'd have a few cocktails, shoot some pool. You know, Terry would normally, to be honest, she'd normally just go take a bath, put her pajamas on. She was ready to go to bed by 4 o'clock. You know, I bet she, she couldn't wait to get you into bed. Could not wait. But it's exhausting being in retail, especially a small business in the gift shop. Uh, type of business that we had it really really is exhausting we have some friends that are still in it uh and this week is just brutal it's so much pressure so did y'all to,
2: open presents at christmas eve night at your house or no y'all we were doing christmas, christmas day,
3: day? Uh-huh. christmas day but it's just so much pressure to make sales this week to get the jobs done to make sure it's picked up christmas for retailers is really not fun we would never or very seldom ever ride around and look at decorations because we were always working to 9, 30, 10, 11 o'clock every night to try to keep up with orders. You know, we didn't ever go see Freeman lights until last year's first year we ever been. So little different traditions because everything was based around the business. I'm sure our kids missed out on some traditions growing up. But I think they also understood this is what had to be done during this time of year. So well, isn't
1: that like the biggest part of your? Oh, absolutely. Business? Like I said,
3: the, the pressure, 30, 40% and the, stress, of the whole year, probably more than that. This, it, this week alone would be a huge number on yearly sales. So
1: what's you your know, biggest seller back then? Uh, uh,
3: simply southern, no question. The simply southern line, anything with that on it was was our number one seller. Really? Uh, Kendra Scott. When we sold Pandora, that was That's crazy. The bracelet. We had three employees the two weeks before Christmas that literally would not leave that Pandora counter. They wouldn't go help anybody else in the store. They had lined out the store of men trying to buy those beads. Um, you know. You could probably close your law office this week, maybe a little different being in the general assembly and that kind of stuff. But the law office office could probably be closed. Yeah, Hermie can't close his business this week because of fuel and heat and oil and convenience stores open, the restaurants open. But when well, I'm it's sure a little there's different there's truckers field,
1: there on Christmas, know? right? I mean, oh, yeah,
3: yeah, but you'd be surprised. A lot of truck trucks
2: are, are down Christmas Eve, Christmas, the day after Christmas, but. People traveling, four wheel yeah. traffic, families, right. and, and the restaurant, the truck stop restaurant, Andrea does a, for the last, say, three weeks all the way through Christmas, does a huge amount of catering and food deliveries. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to cook. Some people that don't have as big a family traditions and things Yeah, come to the truck stop to eat because she does a buffet on Christmas similar to what she would do on Thanksgiving, you know, turkey, ham, dressing, you know, all those kind of things. But we're going to start a new tradition. This year, you know, we typically on Christmas Eve would go to my go to Angie's parents, and you which know, you love, yeah. But this year, because this is, of course, babies, my granddaughter's first Christmas, we're going to start an, our own tradition and ha- have a little it's Christmas Eve awesome. at, back at my house, which I am very excited about.
1: Oh wow! So, what do you do on Christmas Eve then? What What is the new tradition for you? Instead of going over there, right.
2: We're going to cook and have foods and finger foods and. And have the family, my and Pretty my immediate family, over to to my house.
1: And are you, you going to take the family to the to your in laws' mini casino? No, <laughs> okay. no.
2: But we we're gonna we're gonna um, you know have food and things and kind of do so serious. open some presents and stuff at right. at uh, at our house. Are you and gonna the, make dinner. We'll do some not a sit down dinner, but, food, but finger foods. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll open some presents, you know, for the kids and the baby and stuff there. So I'm excited about that. But, you know, I don't want to bring up, you know, because everything around Christmas is typically joyous and festive and all that. But we're talking about Santa Claus. And I know what's going to make Christmas fun for you this year is Chandler Mm -hmm. and still can't wait to see what Santa brought. Yep. And Haley the other day, you know, when she got, she just stemmed so much. She was, so jacked up about seeing Santa and wanted to make sure he had the list and all that. She's asked me two or three times since we got back. Santa got the list? I said, yeah, Haley, you gave it to him. But that also was one of the mornings that confirmed mine and Angie's concerns about Haley being developmentally delayed because back when she was two years old and and Cora was, you know, four. We remember Santa had come and, you know, it's like a bomb went off in the den of the house, you know, Santa and all these things. So Cora's in there, you know, all these things and oh, yeah. but ba- you know, baby carriages and this and that and the
1: other. Ripping over the gifts as quick. And as
2: Haley possible. walked in with all this commotion and gifts and stuff. She walked by Walked right by all of us, didn't even look over wow. and acknowledge any of us, and went right upstairs towards the attic and sat in the corner and started rocking. You know, so that's when we were like, something. We wrong. knew kind of, but I just me and Angie remember looking at each other and started you know crying that day. It was like we got this child that yep. is all in on Santa and can't. I mean, just bundled uh, overflowing with excitement and fun and throwing paper and all the things you are proud mm-hmm. to be able to do for your kids, yeah. you know, and Haley walks by and doesn't even cut an eye at any of that and walks upstairs, you know, and just sits down and, you know, so it was in a way.
1: So you remember that every
2: Christmas, every Christmas we, we Angie brings it up. Wow. But it, but it's kind of a milestone for us sure. because now, you know, Haley is the one that keeps the, the, the traditions alive. But Haley is now the one. That's why I bring it up. Haley is now the one, even at 25 years old, she, she, she believes. She did a 180. She believes. And she's the one that is really keeps it fun for us. Cause now Cor and Cameron and Naomi and her boyfriend, they come over and help us get Santa Claus ready for Haley. Sure. And so that is, we, we, you know, we uh, try to make lemonade out of lemons like a lot of us, like you're supposed to do at this time of year. And so we enjoy after Haley goes to bed because Haley believes I got to be in bed by 10 o'clock. You know, Santa's going to be here. got to go. You know?
1: I mean, how great is it if, you know, my 21-year-old still believed at o'clock? You that, never... It, it's a it's, silver
2: it's, lining that it's hard to find. But for us, I mean, Haley is... I mean, she was so, she was shaking when she saw Santa Claus the other
1: day. You know, and, and my, my wife likes to joke that I'm the one that busted the balloon because I'm like, do you still believe in Santa Claus? And they're like, why should I not? Uh, for my older kids, but, but how, no, but I, <laughs> it only happened once. And, and, uh, but, but how great is it when they believe, because it's, it puts a little pressure on you as a parent, but it's, it's the magic of it. And that's even, you know, my son is 12. This may be the last year my wife and I, and I have even talked about, you know, I'm sure he's hearing it from people. Sure. He's good at just saying, shut up. It doesn't, it's not there. Or he's so good at it, which will make me be more worried when he's 16, 17, 18 and, you know, and taking the car or something. But he believes, and I really do believe he believes, and, and we all believe, I mean, Santa, I mean, we're all raised on that way, but it means so much when the kids do believe it kind of lets the air out a little bit when they don't. I mean, it takes oh, a little yeah. bit of the parental pressure off, but, but most of the time you're like, man, that's, I mean, I remember just like you do when all three kids and your kids, when they're all of that age where they totally yeah. believed, they were nervous, they were excited. They didn't want to go to bed. We would be checking on them. Are you asleep? Yeah, we're asleep. No, you're not. You're just dancing. <laughs> you know, and all of that. And then sitting up until, you know, and my wife and I would wrap gifts late at night on, on Christmas Eve after we had our festivities and, and then we'd be checking and then we'd sneak around and bring the bike out or whatever We used to have this thing that yeah, you, awesome. could, you could follow and awesome track the Santa. Yeah, on the, yeah, on yeah. the track. Oh, he's the in Asia, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, Norad. Yeah. Norad. North yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, and the, the other nuclear. Thing, <laughs> the other thing I forgot <laughs> to
2: tell you that we did with the legendary Santa, every once in a while, Santa, when he would call Coral, even if we'd go see him at, at the Science Museum, he, he'd tell all my girls, he said, now, when I come in your room, I'm going to put a little... Dip of of soot from the chimney from the fireplace on your forehead. That way oh, wow. you'll know I've been there. And so when they woke up the next morning, they had soot from
1: the chimney on their forehead and they're like, See, so- told you, you know. So he went in their room and did that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's isn't that cool. You had special Santa over there. Yeah. That's My dad cool. did that one time when I was a young kid and I was to the maybe non believing and I had a bunch of, you know, 70s. Uh, kids were like, Santa isn't real and, you know, God is dead or whatever. And, uh, I wanted to believe, I, I think I was about eight, nine and he went outside and we had a fire and, you know, he got soot, put on and did footprints, you know, in boots. And so I believe for another couple of years after that, I mean, that was my dad. I mean, Christmas for my father was the best time of the year. I mean, that was when he loved Christmas and that's why I love Christmas. And, and, you know, he, he left this planet way too early a month after I graduated from college, but Christmas was his time of the year because yeah. there were so many Christmases that he missed because he was deployed as a Naval aviator, uh, during the Vietnam war, uh, not so much as the seventies wore on, but you know, there are two or three Christmases that he missed and that crushed him and he was very poor. So Christmas wasn't a bunch of gifts. So he overdid it during Christmas. And for me, that kind of instilled the Christmas spirit in me. You know, my wife kind of always sees Christmas some, sometimes as stressful, but she is the most involved in Christmas and she gets that spirit. And then, you know, gives up the, come on kids, we're going to go make cookies. And she plays Christmas music blaring to where you can't even hear each other talk. She gets kind of into it and, and we're into it as a family. And it's, it's going into that last phase where we've got the final kid. That's getting to the point where he's getting ready not to believe he just produced his letter to Santa yesterday, which pissed my wife off. because she's like, really? You know, she's done. My wife is so super organized. Like we have three quarters of the gifts wrapped already before we ever got to this weekend. She has everything ordered.
2: No need for her to be mad.
1: And <laughs> sure. she's just like sure. and then the list is the stuff that's, you know, like, oh my God. And so I knew that he was gonna ask for a couple of things. So I went actually out and got him. She got mad that I got more gifts, but she's like, Thank God you got him off the list. So I said, What do you expect from the kid? I mean, you know, but but well, we're having fun with it. I'm Are up you, here in any, Richmond. I'm gonna do a little shopping to finish her up and have y'all have gonna, any
2: conversation about maybe having another kid to yeah, keep have, it going? Yeah. yeah we,
1: well, man, I've listened. If my wife didn't, you know, we, we lost our child. Um, we lost grace, uh, in 2014 and my wife almost died. I mean, it was really, it was one of the worst experiences and, you know, that's why I'm so pro-life is 26 weeks. Our daughter was born and, and fought for life and was beautiful and, and didn't make it. And my wife almost didn't make it. And so I think if it wasn't just for that and the effects of that, we would probably have about eight or nine kids. We have baby fever all day long. So now we have, you <laughs> got baby fever. Now we fever? got. Now we got the I've been kid. snipped. <laughs> 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 the fever's... I think we would have one. fever. We would have one right now if we could. And uh, we love them. It's like dogs. I think dogs and cats, we... Yeah. I we like it to is collect like them dogs. Over Speaking
2: there. of dogs, is Santa going to come see the beagles?
1: Uh, Santa will see the beagles. We always get... Do you get your dog's gifts?
2: Sure. sure
1: we do. Right. We do. And We get the cat's sure gifts? We do, yeah. yeah. We, we get them all uh, Christmas stuff and... Usually what we do is we take out all the old smelly toys that they've been playing with for the year, take that out of the basket and get mm-hmm. them replies. brand new toys that can smell up so
3: later. So let me ask you this. Do you remember growing up with the Sears
1: Christmas catalog? Oh, absolutely. The oh, wasn't book. that the best? called the wish book? Yeah, the wish book. Yeah. And you'd circle things. Yeah, that thing was the best. When it came in the mail and you know it was like two inches thick and it would fill your yep. mailbox- Wait a minute. It was Is
2: like this in important in your world. Yeah,
1: <laughs> in important. Well, you had five wish books you in your pants, stick like two, three encyclopedias on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, I but mean, wasn't that the coolest thing? Yeah. And then you had to fight your siblings over it, you know, because then and then you'd have to mark it with your name, yeah. because you know, your sister would like circle something girly. You are like, I want to make sure that Santa doesn't think I want that. But yeah, that that thing, and they don't do it anymore. I mean, there is no Sears and Roebuck anymore. We were at the mall two weeks ago. My first job was at Sears and Roebuck, greatest job ever. I became a manager at age seventeen, and uh, I guess they were that desperate for work. (laughs) But it was in the catalog department, and the Sears is closed down, gone, gone. Sears and Roebuck. I mean, they built houses; they were the retail everything. And working there, and and I got the Christmas spirit working there all the time. And uh, but that wish book was something, and it had all the newest toys and all the.
3: One of my biggest regrets. In, in life is, I can't say regret, but from a Christmas standpoint, the regret was being in retail because all of the family traditions that y'all are talking about, you know, for like the month of December, my kids ate Hot Pockets and cereal for Hot supper pocket. because we were always at the store working, again, at 10, 30, 11, midnight, whatever it took. That's just what you had to do. You'd sell all day. And then that night, if you were fortunate enough to make sales, we did engraving and embroidery, we would have to stay that night to oh, try wow. to just keep up. You know, there oh, was Christmas no, Eve? well, whenever it took, yeah, we would deliver oh, the, the
1: week, the yeah, the, the week
3: leading up. So there was the Christmas traditions for us were really at 201 Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve night and Christmas day. p.m. Yeah, PM. When we locked that door, and we locked it at two o'clock. If you were in the parking lot, we were sorry. I bet for people who had
2: tattoos, did you? Say yeah, we expect, well, it,
3: that was one fifty-seven right. for them. We shut, we closed <laughs> them down a little early. Like, I, but you
2: know, I, I need, I need one piece of help. I got to take a right turn for a second. Sure. Is there any way you can button your shirt up one more button? I'm missing a button. <laughs> oh, you're missing a button. I'm, I'm sitting
1: here. What are you seeing over there?
2: I can see half of his left nipple and <laughs> and a little few strands of hair. It looks like some claw marks. Did Terry do that? A little bit. A little, Ooh, some, she wow. likes some fingernails. She, Good was, she was trying to hold her <laughs> <long.
1: laughs> Yeah, it looks like hay in the manger right now is what he's saying. <laughs> and I thought, I didn't realize you had a... I
2: got a button missing.
1: Well, look, let me tell you something. Now, every time he's come in here, this is two weeks in a row, I've come up to Richmond, we record this. He comes in and he goes, man, it's hot in here. And then he he's taking off what he thinks is a sweatshirt, but and he, he tries, always he, takes, takes off. He's disrobing. Yeah, he, he takes just, off the He top. wants you to
2: see... He t- trying yeah, like to tell me his belly button looks different now that he's lost all this weight. <laughs> Did he ask he's for like, a comparison? You want to see my new belly button? I'm like, "No."
3: Really? I don't. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about out. getting this one pierced. But every time you take off like your sweatshirt, <laughs> show but, up a little
1: but your undershirt comes with and you go, "Oh, I'm sorry, look at me." I mean, it's kind of a little he's, bit of exposure. He's
3: oh. throwing
2: in He wants Showing. to bring this He wants to bring Bill Carrico back yeah. and put a final
1: Final yeah, number. We did we weight loss loss. Challenge. Well, no, but but see, I think we've we, we had a weight loss challenge for our listeners that have, have joined us uh, just now. But, but we had but we, we a very faithful one, but it is incomplete. We, it is we, incomplete. We did. We had we had a weigh in that I won, and I was on a strict diet, and then when I saw you two fat. I decided, man, I got this in the bag. I started. We eating. looked like two jolly
2: ol's. Started eating. <laughs> Have you ever heard of anybody being and in cookies. a weight loss challenge, <laughs> gaining weight, where
3: money is on the line, and me and Shep gained weight? Yeah, we were positive. I mean, and that's a clip we positive should play. Gain.
1: And uh, and that was uh, we got some weigh-in clips, and 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 what we're gonna do is play actually some funny clips in the in the second segment, but. That was a huge uh, a bunch of fun, and you guys were going in the wrong direction. But Moss, so I just kind of gave in because I said, I can gain down weight down. and still win how this much, thing. How much weight have you lost? And then Moss comes pounds. up here.
2: 30
3: pounds. In like three weeks. No, okay. it's been a little longer than that. Three and a half weeks. Since
1: uh, maybe August? Three weeks and 10 days. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. So and, and I'm swearing on the Christmas And it's not Ozempic. Okay, Jordans, Giardins. Jordansia. Um, it's Giardins. called
3: semiglutide, I think. <laughs> semiglutide. Yeah,
1: and it's a shot, right? It is a shot. All right. Are you diabetic?
3: I my level pre I am pre-diabetic. Yes, which means my A one C is that. like
1: just like Oprah Winfrey. Point two from being diabetic, <laughs> just like Oprah Winfrey. He's getting the shot when other people could use it because they're diabetic. And well, I'm no longer weight. taking the shot. It's now out of my what? price range. <laughs> what did the insurance stop paying for? It was never paying for it, so the price just shot up. Well, I'm un- unemployed, so you know. Oh, come on, man! I mean, made in muscle. I mean, that th- that thing looks like lightning in a bottle. I mean, that's. Yeah, cool we've had a very busy catch. week. I will say that we've had a busy week. Okay, so so you just decided you got down to the weight you wanted. No, you took the shots. I just not diabetic, but got the shots. Well. I have you a lost 30 pounds. doctor's I mean, appointment January you look, 10th. You look good, man. I'm going to give it to you. But you can't win when the weight loss challenge January by cheating. cheating. When he pulled his shirt up, you could too. I, well, mean.
3: I, I turned away. January I to to turn 10th, I'll find out if it has helped my A1C or not. I don't know because I'm not testing okay. it. But we made, a in our weight loss I challenge, we started
1: two years ago. That's you great. stopped
3: snoring? According to Terry, I've pretty much basically stopped snoring.
2: Hmm. We, we tested it when we went green. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, That was,
1: that was, that was actually an early podcast. <laughs> we <laughs> played the recording of his snoring. It sounded like death on a cracker. I mean, it's um, but you know what's the sad part about that? I was
3: texting Terry about how bad <laughs> Hermie was snoring <laughs> in the room. I didn't realize I was you
2: snoring. the hell of it.
1: a year, hadn't we? Oh, it's been a great. Was, year. I mean, this is here we are cascading towards uh, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, which we are all so grateful. Are we gonna Savior get to
2: anything for. of substance? Yeah, oh, we're going podcast? to, but I mean, look.
3: You
1: what know, episode look, is this?
3: 87, I think.
1: Something like that, yeah. We got 100 to, we get to go on the added. contract, and and then we got to keep going. I mean, that's going to get us into next year. Um, It's all been paid for. The sponsors have, uh, you know. Is your contract and, running the next year, Shep? Or are you are you at D1231? I don't even think I had a contract. <laughs> <laughs> you got a verbal? Contracts can't it, be verbal. Got a verbal, can't? yeah.
3: Well, in
2: Virginia, sure, verbal a verbal
1: contract is enforceable So long as they can be performed within one year, yes. So, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, they have to be in writing. That's called the statute of frauds. So, yeah, no, we got them under contract. I'm sure we do. I am under contract. Yeah did you get Did you get your Christmas bonus from the no. uh, Leaning Right and Turning Left podcast? I didn't see a bonus. It's right in front of you. No, have I seen a contract? It's those crackers and some of that cheese. This is our Christmas party. So, no, I just enjoy this listening is to you a guys Christmas on here. This is this a is Christmas great. party. This
3: is Oh, it's awesome.
2: Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all new podcast leaning right and turning left with Sadler and a Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum Products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12. The Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95, and Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina, that's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers, and Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacer Madden.
1: Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermes Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by. And not at. Are we gonna talk about my chuckleheads? Yeah, we got Ch- a lot to talk buddies, about. Ladies, but, ladies, but, friends. but we're gonna do like in another clip. He's kind of putting We're gonna try to put things. some put some clips together of some of the best times we've had with you, Shep, this year. And so I was gonna title this podcast because I I write the summaries and do the titles and try to be quippy and so you're clever. in charge of all this lack of production we yeah, have yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, isn't it better? I miss Chad so bad. Who wants to listen to the crap that's got structure to it? (laughs) And and actually, when Hermie and I had outlines, it sucked. So here we are at the end of the year, People
2: like Kyle Petty and people like that. Mickey Jane. Yeah.
1: No, well, you're the one that gave me a crap show about having too many guests on him going to his Rolodex. So we just started talking about it. And then our boss, Jeff Jarrett, said, Hey, you know, you guys are really, you know, you don't have to do guests all the time. Why don't we do something next week? Let's get you a guest on here. Let's get Larry the Cable Guy, maybe. No, you can you it's or Carl Edwards. <laughs> General Assembly time. <laughs> Carl Edwards. No, that's in January.
2: You you get, you found January to 10th. A riveting politician. Okay.
1: So we're gonna uh, go back obviously. to your Rolodex then. I mean, riveting politician. Who do we got?
2: You know who can um
1: Pillion? Right. Oh yeah, he's he's <laughs> a great one. Wow. We're really gonna keep that audience with that Todd Pillion, who is a great guy, by the way. I mean, maybe a Travis Hackworth he's funny he's funny i like him travis hackworth that's why he talks like this and i learned how
0: to imitate him
1: and so he was sitting in front of me and uh tommy norman your guy senator tommy norman would go to to the senate desk you know the clerk's desk right in front of us it's this round dais and i would sit behind travis and go tommy you're an asshole (laughs) get out of my way you're blocking my shot you're fat and tommy looked like what is the matter with you, Travis? And he's going, it wasn't me. It was Stanley. It was Stanley.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I almost thought I was going to get to see someone at firsthand this year. Oh, and by the way, next year. By this the way, by the
1: close. way I, we're getting off the topic of, of Christmas, but I guess it'll be a good segue. So I found out that my office was on 614. corner office. Come see me. It was on 614. Two windows one sees the AG's office, one sees the Capitol. You know, it's seniority. And then Frank Ruff has uh, retired due to his illness. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But uh, then I found out uh, the clerk of the court, a uh, clerk of the Senate calls me up and says, Hey, do you want to move offices into Frank's office? I was like, all right, well, maybe, maybe not. she's like, well, it's one floor below. It's 514. I said, well, it doesn't change anything. I mean, I said, so let me ask you a question. Who am I, who, who are my, my office mates on either side of me where I am now. And they said, she said, Democrat LaSherese aired and Democrat Jim Boysco. I said, mm. You got to move me. <laughs> 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 They're going to think I'm crazy. And so now I'm down on 514 next to Travis Hackworth and uh, Todd Pillian. So nice, much better friendly you. territory. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would have complaints. They would be, I would be, I'm in the, in the woke crowd corner. There. Really? And it would have been bad. So um, in fact, she goes, well, I got to talk to another senator, Richard Stewart, see if he wants it. And I was like, I'm texting Richard. Don't take that office. I need to move. But uh, I'm glad. I mean, I like LaSherese and I like Jim Boysco and I've done the Beagle Bills together, but uh, that could have been trouble. So uh,
2: that's what happened today.
1: And that's my life. I will
2: say to uh, hear and read the news of Frank Ruff resigning. Of course, I don't live in Mecklenburg County, but have operated businesses, still do in Mecklenburg County for many years. And, and Frank's been a solid servant to the Commonwealth of Virginia for a long time.
1: Horrible loss. Horrible loss. Now, Frank's been there. 30 some odd years, number one ranked Republican in the Senate, number two, in terms of seniority behind Louise Lucas, um, wonderful legislator, quiet man. I mean, he didn't stand up and pound the desk and, and be, you know, this dispassionate kind of guy like I am the rah-rah guy that I was, or that say a Billy uh, Carico was, but he got things done for Southside. And you said he
3: could reach across the aisle and and get it done too. All day long. I've heard you say that before. He
1: had the respect of everybody and he was kind of a quiet man but firm in his principles and resolution he was he he was knowledgeable of the law and the rules he got things done he got things accomplished and he was a great a great representative of Southside Virginia and you got to think about the loss that we're just about to suffer on that one i mean that's the number one ranked seniority republican for southside well, we virginia we would
2: appropriations on the republican side right if
1: if we had won the senate but he would have been our ranking member. But he would still be in appropriation. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you would have had somebody in Southside, number one guy, who would have been able to direct traffic in funds and protect us in, in Senate finance. That's gone now. Hey, and, now and now we've got a, actually tonight, they're deciding who's going to be the nominator to replace Frank Ruff. They're going to be number 40 in the Senate. So we've not just lost a, a stalwart for Southside Virginia. We've lost a lot of institutional knowledge 30 years of it right there. And we've lost a leader in Southside that is now replaced by somebody who's, quite frankly, I've looked at the list and they're all nice and great people, but they're no Frank Ruff. Yeah. You went, that position went from number one to to number number
3: 40, just like that.
1: Yeah. And let me ask you this, I've slid up to number four and that should scare everybody in the Commonwealth of Virginia that I'm the fourth ranked Republican in the Senate. I mean, I started out at number 40 only since 2011 And now I'm number eight. That porn bill got you right up there. Damn right. So let me ask you this. Merry
3: Christmas. If, why do you think Frank ran and won his seat and then retired due to this illness? Why, why go through the election? Well, well, because he ran unopposed,
1: if I remember correctly. But but I think it had to be strategic. No, it, it really wasn't. I think, um. You know, I don't know the timing of him discovering about his illness. He kept it very private. But he looked great to me. When we left session in March, he looked no different than he looked 13 years ago. Strong-willed, strong man, quiet but firm. The old Frank Ruff that I knew. And um, then we heard that uh, he had cancer. And um, all of a sudden, right around the election, he was going into surgery. And it was an aggressive form and he decided he was gonna aggressively treat and fight it. And I think you know, the, the principle Frank Ruff, which is we all, what we all should aspire to in, in public service, was that I think he looked at this and said, because I'm going to undertake this aggressive treatment to heal myself so that I can spend time with my wife and my family and my kids and my grandkids, I can't be the dedicated public service a servant that the people deserve in Southside Virginia. That takes a lot for somebody to actually step up and say, look, you know, I'm going to overtake my ego here with common sense because I'm not serving the people that I represent, even though he won in a landslide, you know, unopposed. I mean, he's loved by everybody in Southside, Virginia. And this new district was no different. Uh, He and I split districts. You know, our districts overlapped in kind of weird ways for the past 10 years. He represented a a little part of Danville. I represent a lot of Danville, but you couldn't tell the difference because, He treated Danville the same way I did, depending, regardless of, not irregardless, regardless of territory. He was that dedicated. Plus he was retired. I think he was in the shoe business, you know, a shoe manufacturer. So he was 24-7 politics, 24-7 serving the people, 24-7 being a civil servant, a humble servant, always putting us first, working on the rural commissions, uh, doing his best for, you know. Uh, advancement in education in our area, uh, workforce development. I mean, the man was a monster. What he could get done. I mean, I like to say that uh, the government does not create a private sector job, but Frank Ruff did about as close as you can to create private sector jobs, being in the government. And so his loss is momentous. It's uh, I'm scared, only in the sense that the person that's going to come in is probably going to be not educated in terms of the decorum and the and the way we can. You know we're losing in numbers in population. We're being overpowered by Northern Virginia, and you know Hampton Roads and Richmond. We need strong fighters. So tonight there's an election going on. We'll find out Thursday who wins. We might know pretty much. Uh, actually, it started at 5:30, so they're just You'd getting into by it. eight o'clock or so. Uh, we're gonna see, but no matter who it is, could be the strongest candidate in the field. And I think there are seven running, and uh, they're still not going to be Frank Ruff. So I I salute Frank. He was a mentor. Uh, we had an old saying every morning in the in the Senate. I'd, I'd walk up to him, and one of us would say, we say, oh, what are we doing today? What are we going to do great today? And uh, and it was always, what we could do great for Southside. So he will be missed. But I want him to fight hard. He's a hell of a Virginian, but he will be in. I'll oh, say a couple things. Entirely First of all, my, my best wishes
2: to Frank and his family, all of my dealings with him over the years have always been good and uh, he's always worked hard for Virginians as you said Bill you know and I know you mentioned the rank you know he goes from number two or you know to to somebody on the Republican side coming in at number 40 you know and and that's certainly a, a, a big change but the bigger concern I have now as a constituent that believes in conservative principles and qualities Frank Ruff could have been one of those people that could have probably in a in a way to get more done than some been there to because Bill, how many times we talked about all the new people that are coming in, even though a Democratic
1: nineteen out of twenty in the Senate. So you're talking about half the Senate is brand new.
2: He could have been somebody that has the right demeanor that probably could have. Avoided some of, or you know, been that been that sounding board uniner, you know, because because he has that he's got that kind of unassuming, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of quality. And you know, when I was running, and when he says something, you
1: believe it because he's not going to BS you. you When I was running, he believed in honesty, not BS. And he was his his actions and his accomplishments spoke for themselves.
2: When I was running. You know people wanted to always go around and say, What do you where do you stand on this and where do you stand on that and what do you think about this and give me a direct answer on that and all those things are important. But where I was the
4: just ice makers as, dumping.
2: Sorry. Where I was just as interested in participating and contributing was Sitting down in committees or sidebar meetings or caucus, whatever, and sitting down with people and trying to unite and bring people together and try to find some common ground, find some common ground on some things and talk about things that we actually had a chance to get past and things of that nature. So, I because because I believe that the type of candidate matters. I believe. Different skill sets and different life experiences are good when you're sitting down. I know people, Republicans, Democrats, You sit down. You certainly have philosophical differences. You have political differences, all these other kind of things. But if you have an ability to be able to sit down in a respectful way and have conversations and and bring positives out of both sides, because I, I some of these things that you hear and see, not just in Virginia, but when you watch TV. Congress and otherwise, they talk about a lot of things that it's not even worth talking about because it's not going to get passed. It's not going to happen. And I think some of the messaging that, that we've talked about that maybe hurt the conservative movement and Youngkin's, you know, the people he brought up and all that was because of the messaging. And I think we got to find a way as conservatives to find a way to better construct the messaging On on things that people that are really affect their lives every day, and things that you can actually get done. And I just think Frank, he was cut from he he had obviously a lot of power and a lot of influence, but he was just so unassuming. Always,
1: and he snuck up on you.
2: And and people, he's somebody you can sit down and talk to. And we've got some people over there, probably some on both sides that think it's more about them mm-hmm.
0: and, and it the should
2: be about the people. And I think on, especially on the conservative side, I mean, the, a lot of Democrats, it is what it is. And they think what they think and they, you know, whatever they're doing has worked for them. But for our side, we've just got to start rebuilding from the bottom and starting to build that coalition with the better messaging and, and all these other kind of things. And I just think Frank could have been a calming influence in the General Assembly coming up with all the newness and the unknowns. He, he, he could have been somebody that without pushing a personal agenda could have really brought the good out of a lot of people, I think, on both sides of the aisle to try to find some kind of way to make progress for the people because the way things are stacking up, it's going to be difficult for y'all mm-hmm. to really push anything meaningful and you know, uh, Herman, you were the, talking, about, well, you're and, talking about,
1: and we go down from a leader to again a newbie who's got to learn the ropes, learn the learn the rules, learn to get along, learn their place in the caucus. And we ha- we've lost a really strong voice on the finance committee, not just for Southside Virginia, but for Republicans.
3: Well, you know, Herman, you were talking about messaging, and I go back uh, to one of the presidential debates when Nikki Haley was talking about abortion. And she said, look, we can talk whatever we want to, but we don't have the votes to get it passed. She recognized that way the federal government is made right now, the Republicans don't have the votes to get it passed. And I think that that answer— Wait a minute, you're bringing Nikki
1: Haley into a Frank Ruff tribute?
3: I am, because <laughs> it goes to, from my viewpoint, it goes to Hermes' point about messaging in the conservatives. What can you get past? And Nikki Haley, for me, I think she raised a lot of eyebrows and got a lot of support on her answer. It doesn't matter what my views are as much as she said, we can't get it past. Well,
2: I say this respectfully, like here in Virginia, on the conservative side, we need the Bill Stanleys and the Travis Hackworths and these type of people, but we also need you know, I've said it jokingly before, the Todd Pillions and the Frank Ruff tight people that it's not all about who's flamboyant all the time. It's, you know, you got to have a g- big, you know, cross That's section stealth of people. accomplishments. I you know? mean, it's, they, and, they run silent. They and run and deep, more they importantly, when it comes done. to Frank, mm-hmm. when you sit down with somebody, it helps if you respect them. Yeah. You know, because there's a, in a, a lot of people, and I got this from my interactions with legislators before I even decided to run as a small business owner, trying to tell the small business story to legislators on both sides of the aisle, not only as related to skill gains, but, you know, government dictate minimum wage and all these other things that are very difficult for small businesses to navigate in this kind of environment. And I got looked down at a lot
3: by by
2: legislators that said, you may run this business and you may be responsible for 317 people on a payroll every two weeks and you may but I know better than you. So this is what it is. And now you get a lot of that and some people are willing to listen. Some people are not. And so it's, um, Frank, I just think could have been a calming influence.
1: Well, he's been a calming
2: influence. You know, I'll tell you, but, 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 in a, in, a, in a year when you got half of the buildings going to be filled with new people that are going to be full of piss and vinegar and yeah. let me show them what we're going to oh, do. Yeah. I'll You're show right them. Frank could have made some people look, mm-hmm. Wait sit down and, and listen for a minute. You know, yeah. he could, and, he
1: could have done that. And, and let me tell you a couple of things. When I was younger, Senator, um, I, I was a little more exuberant. I'm still exuberant. I'm still kind of crazy. But, but when I was younger, one time I, I, we were making a speech uh, at the same, to the same crowd. I stood up and said something really stupid. And I turned to Frank and I said, Frank, how's that? And he said, you're an idiot. Let me go straighten out for you. And I didn't really realize at the time that I was an idiot. But then when he spoke and said what Stanley meant to say, and this is how, and he didn't contradict me, but he actually made it okay. And I didn't really re- read the crowd right, is that I realized he saved my ass. The other time was, we were at a chamber breakfast after a session and it was right during the time of Obama's Medicare expansion, Medicaid expansion. And, you know, we saw this as a huge $2 billion hit. The government, uh, the federal government was giving us money at the, at the time, but the problem is we were going to get stuck with the expansion and how would this work for the state in terms of its budget? We've seen now we're getting stuck with a lot of that bill. And Frank, uh, Ruff stood up and said, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid this—I'm afraid that this will be a tar baby, that this will be stuck to us, and that we won't be able to extricate ourselves if it does not work. There was one one politician, liberal mayor, out of the city, one of the cities we represent. He went to the press. That's racist. This was years ago. Because of the tar racist. Yeah, that's racist. Well, of course, if you've read the, you know, the 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 whole literature, that's not racist. It meant. You know, cause Bri Rabbit had a tar baby and it stuck to him cause he loved the tar baby. It was like a, a doll it had nothing to do with race. Well, this mayor then sold it to, uh, a reporter in Virginia beach who actually wrote a story about it. And I went ballistic. I was like, I was there. It was not racist. He was using this as a literary alliteration that has nothing to do with this and and i was getting out of sorts to defend frank and he grabbed me by the arm he said bill if you know you didn't do anything wrong none to defend don't make an ass of yourself trying to defend it it'll be all right and frank as firm as he could stood up and said didn't mean it that way and guess what it went away and i was pounding the table pounding the chest mad as hell that they could do this to him and man he was cool as a cucumber he was cool as a moose's ass he was just man listen you stand for what you stand for and you're not going to sit there and fight these guys. I wish we had the same temperament now um, when it came to all of the things we see more recently when we're called misogynists and racist. If you just would stand up to it and act like Frank Ruff, then what they see is they throw and they lob bombs at you and they explode, but they don't touch you. They don't muddy up and then they go away. They, they find that they don't have a result that they want to have in your reaction. And so Frank is that kind of guy, man. I just wish we could put it on hold. You know, we're already down twenty one nineteen. Frank, go do what you got to do. Come back next year. Um, I would have preferred that, but again, that's gentleman Frank for you. That's the man who says, if I can't represent my people 110% of the time, then it's not fair to them. I mean, that's choosing service over self. And I think that's going to be part of his legacy, but man, is he going to be missed.
2: And that wasn't the only one we touched on a little bit, uh, Les Adams. Yep. Step down on on the house side. What can you tell us about that situation as you know it?
1: Delegate Les Adams uh, started about 13 years ago, actually. He's been in a
2: couple of races at Martinsville and things I met. Great
1: guy. Great guy. I talked him into running. He was a lawyer in Pennsylvania County. I said, Les, uh, the seat opened up and I said, why don't you run for it? No, I don't know. No. And I said, yeah, you know, I will pay for your consultant, which was Richard Krauss, which you've met, and actually had Richard Krauss live in my basement uh, another right one when of I was seals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he lived in my bed. He was there for two, three years in my basement. Uh, he was only supposed to be there three months. And my, my wife, I told her that the extra wedding gift was Richard Krauss in our basement. And my kids, you know, learned to love him and only knew him as Krauss, Didn't know he had a first name. Uh, and he helped, uh, Les get elected. And then Les, another quiet giant, uh, demonstrated making relationships um, with Democrats, but also quietly building a real respectable record in the House of Delegates and, and assuming leadership positions when we had the majority. I mean, he was he was the chairman of Crim Sub, which was a vaunted criminal justice committee in the House. Uh, the Speaker loved him; everybody loved him. There's nobody that hated Les Adams, including the Democrats. And an opportunity has arisen in my circuit, the judicial circuit. We don't have a lot of great attorneys that you go. Automatically, that person is great for the job. Les would be perfect for it. He has the temperament. He's cool again as the other side of the pillow like Frank Ruff was. And that opportunity comes around once in a while, and, and we knew what was best for our circuit in his district was rather than have him sitting in the house as a minority, uh, in the minority, um, was to make him a judge in the general district court. So we asked the circuit court judge, judge panel and the chief judge to appoint him When we went out of session, the Democrats absolutely agreed, you know, they're in the majority, but they love less. They actually called him up, you know, I mean, Scott Surville and those people are like, Hey man, that's a great pick for you guys. We understand it. It's not going to change anything. It's very Republican seat. Um, And so he's just been appointed to the general district court. He resigned his position so he could take that. He now has to be reappointed by the legislature in January. We don't see that being a big problem. He came down here for an interview. And ultimately I think, Um, it's a great thing for Southside. although we, we lose another leader that got things done. And now we have, we had a primary or not a primary. We had a mass meeting that was called, we, the funny thing about this was the two candidates were the legislative chairman of their respective committees in Henry County and Pennsylvania County. They had to have a a meeting to determine the nominating process. One of them, uh, who is a legislative aide, somebody we both know had the votes and determined it would be a a nominating process by mass meeting, which is you come on in, you get a vote, as long as you're a registered voter. And uh, it's kind of like a convention uh, impromptu. And um, so it was held at the Ag Center in Pennsylvania County. Everybody thought basically that was an advantage to the other, the opponent, who I like very much. He's the chairman of Pennsylvania County. He was the former mayor. He's a legislative aide to Otto Waxman. Town
3: council member. Town council member,
1: yes. and And so we thought that was happening. We we're trying to get you a job chap. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the people from Henry County came over understanding that this seemed to be a little awkward in terms of, uh, of such a rush job and a nominating process. And it turns out Eric Phillips won. Eric Phillips won the nomination. That's another 65% Republican house seat. Really good guy. Businessman, a contractor. He's in some other things. He does a lot of, he's the chairman of Henry County and Martinsville. Um, the Republican party, a really thoughtful guy. Um, I endorsed him. Um, Danny Marshall endorsed him. I, I endorsed in those races. I'm not endorsing in the Frank Ruff race that's being determined now because that's in the Senate and I'm in leadership. Um, but he won pretty handily. And, uh, so now we're going to have him coming in now for him. He's a newbie on the house side and it's a hundred people. So it's not like he's going to have leadership immediately, but I think right. he's going to be a strong voice for South side. I'm worried that the six or seven, whoever we pick tonight for the Senate seat for Frank Ruff will not be as strong a voice. And we're running out of voices, you know, man. You
2: knew which one, but I read somewhere today, Frank actually endorsed one of those candidates. Yes,
1: yeah, his former. Tammy spoiler, or Murchell or. Yeah, Molkai, right. I think
3: is how she said it. Was his, and she, she was his was legislative aide. So like you said, if if she wins, she'll still be a newbie. But she has been there as a legislative aide her learning curve may be shorter than some of the other candidates. So in, that, she, we, so in the center
1: race, it's like seven people that are at a mass meeting right now as we speak. And this will be released on Thursday. Uh, this is Tuesday. Um, who knows who the victor is? We don't know at that time, but you're talking about Sturdefin, which was the guy who primaried rough African-American town yeah. council or board of supervisors member, former state trooper, or school board member, maybe school Why board. Not? So you've got uh, Cade Gravitt, who is the legislative aide for Tommy Wright. Cade's a really good young man. Kind of a big job for him. Lee Vogler, who sits on Danville City Council. Friend of mine. Uh, he and I had some differences, only in the sense that, you know, it's a liberal area, and he's kind of conservative, but he voted to take the Confederate flag down from the monument in the back of the last White House of the Confederacy in Danville. I told him, and it was hidden by hedgerow bushes nobody knew. I said, if you took down that flag, man, you're going to see a bunch of flags after that. You're creating more problems than you should. This was probably at the beginning of the woke period. They went with that. Now we have three of the most giant Confederate flags flying over 29 South <laughs> and uh, 58 West. And you'll see him if you drive there. Um, so young guy, good guy, but, you know, uh, and and think the world of him and and would love to work with him as well. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see. uh Mr. Ferguson, can't remember his first name, he's the chairman of Halifax County Republican Committee. Uh, no political experience other than running a, uh, a county committee in Halifax, but certainly has the church vote, very conservative. Uh, my concern would be how, he, how he's going to vote on skill games and for small businesses, but but certainly I think he's got a running for it. And, uh, and then James Edmonds, who is a former delegate who retired only because he was drawn into the district with Danny Marshall, and so that's a hodgepodge. So he's and, got some experience. And, James. And, well, James has experience. He's a really good guy, but he, another quiet guy, kind of like a you know Pillion type, just does a good job, doesn't make a lot of waves, and we just need people pounding the table and 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 pushing back on the Democrats from Northern Virginia. So um, it's a mixed batch of people, and I may be forgetting one here or there, but. Um, uh, but that's the lineup for tonight. So, you know, and they're meeting in a, uh, in a, a, in a building department, yeah, a fire department right. with no heat in a 20 degree night. And at the same time when the Democrats are having a firehouse primary, when they're voting on their nominee and their uh, one of their election boxes is right there at Drake's branch in, uh, Charlotte County, uh, where they're, where they're voting. So Democrats and Republicans collide as they determine their nomination, uh, for the Senate seat. Uh, but so the wait, 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 when would
2: the election be? That
3: uh, was
1: election is just like when it was for me. So when I when uh, Robert Hurt retired, I announced the next day the governor called the election, and my election was the night before, general assembly session started, and so that's the time you know I got elected, certified at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, drove up there with my mother, got sworn in that morning. I think I've told you the story. Yeah. I'm hand on the Bible, looking down at her. I got the governor, lieutenant governor, all these fancy people, and look at that senate chamber. And for stu- some stupid reason, I looked down at my mom and said, Mom, ain't you proud? Your son's a state senator now. And she looked up not having coffee and said, don't f it up. And that's how I live my life. So they will be elected in the same way. They'll be elected the night before. Actually, it's the ninth or 10th. So they'll get in there day or day after. And and the reason why we have those elections, spot elections, and these kind of nominating processes that are different is because after Ben, God bless Ben Chaffin, Senator Ben Chaffin died, Governor Northam did not call a special election until after we got out of the general assembly. So he died like in January, right, right in the beginning of January from COVID. God bless him. I miss him every day. Governor Northam kept so that seat empty. They were not represented in the at 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 general assembly Golly. for a whole damn session. And so, uh, actually, Dave Suterline put a bill together that said that can never happen again. And so that's what's causing these hurried nomination processes, and now. In the same way, I think the House of Delegates seat to replace Les Adams, which is Eric Phillips, and that's a sixty-five percent. He's he's basically going to get that. They're on the same day; they'll get there the same day, right when session starts. Nothing like going straight to work. Let me tell you something; it was crazy. I didn't sleep for like two days, and I got up to session, and that's why my mom was cranky and said those bad words. But I think about that every day when I go in there. But um, but then you get in, and it—I mean. This is a sixty-day process, as you know. It is, it is like the, you know, the saw coming down on the wood in a, you know, in a a lumberyard. Well, you know, when I was elected, time to figure it out. When I was elected,
3: we got sworn in in the June meeting because my election was in May. Well, it may have been July. Excuse me. We may have been sworn in July first. Well, now the elections are in November. So if you get elected now, like on the local level, you're sworn in in January, that budget process for most municipalities starts July right 1. in. Oh, yeah. But I mean, as far as the appropriations process, you know, yeah. you go in if you have zero experience, you're going in directly into what I think the, the most, imp- one of the most important things you can do for your local municipality, and that's into the budget process. So... It's really a trial by fire sometimes. I did have six months, and I had three years of involvement in going to meetings before I was elected. So although I had not been through the process, I had watched the process and had an idea of what was going on and what was going to happen and questions that I wanted to ask. But if you have never been through that process before, it really is an eye-opening
1: uh, event for you to, to experience yeah and right now we also have uh Ian Portsmouth, Republican in an upset seat that she got two years ago Kimberly Taylor and I was supposed to do the recount but I had court this morning uh supposed to be a part of that Kimberly Taylor versus Kimberly Pope Adams um it, it is a in a recount right now and i'm I'm looking for some some results we don't we don't have anything just yet, but that difference right now that's a recount is seventy eight votes. And so, you know, even though you think 74 votes, I'm sorry. Um, So even though you think everything's set, I mean, here we have two elections and a recount. It's not going to determine the change of or the balance of power, but things are going on going into the end of the year that are going to make a big difference. It's the difference between 51-49 and 21-19. You know, we know we'll maintain Frank's seat unless there's some kind of, you know, anomaly. People don't come out. I mean, that's the other thing, Shep, that you got to worry about right now. Is that when I ran, you know, it was July, it was January 9th. We had an ice storm and a snowstorm when I ran. Um, I still won by 66%, 66 33. Uh, so I was lucky, but the turnout was low. So these races could go any way because, because of the time of year. Right. Yeah. Nobody's thinking about going out and voting in a frigging statewide election or a state house election. Yeah. Um, on January 9th. Because that was in November. Right. <laughs>
3: in their mind. And so you got to wake them up. I've already done up, that.
1: got to wake them up, get them off the couch, get them out there, because the Democrats could slip in a win, especially in these Republican areas. That's why they're playing in them. Scott Serville is playing in the Senate seat. He's playing in the House seat. He's the majority leader for the Democrats in the Senate. You know, they're going to go and try to pick something off lucky, even if they get it just for two years or four years. Could be a major win for them. That's what they're trying to win.
3: But you know, I guess that when it it, it really comes back down to like those county Republican caucus and those leaders. But in this case, they're running. So, you know, who is driving the ship, so to speak, to make sure that voter turnout happens in some of these regions? Uh, I hope that they have vice chairs and other committee members that regardless of who the people are voting for, they are pushing for high voter turnout or as high as possible. Uh, Because, like you said, in January, people have voter fatigue, election fatigue. They're maybe focusing on 2024 elections with the uh, presidential race. So, like you said, uh, Senator, he could could very easily lose some of those seats to Democratic opponents.
2: So I was told we were going to do, like, some funny shit moments. <laughs> are we doing that, or is he full of shit? I guess. I guess we are going to do that. Are these moments that you think are funny, no, I, or that, I, I, or that
1: we think the listeners will think right. is funny? So, as executive producer of this podcast, because I'm not in charge of the race team, and we've <laughs> gone an hour and a half now, and, it, and it, what has been very compelling discussion. So you discussion. took Chad's place, yeah, because you used <laughs> to introduce him as executive. Yeah, yeah we right. missed Chad. It's not in the budget, so. um so what I'm going to do is this. We're going to call the ball on this one because we've been going an hour and a half. This is a great conversation. I don't want to have this busted up at a two-hour deal. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a double special, double Christmas a special.
2: special.
1: A double, a double
4: special. special. Two for one. Next. Two for I'll one. Two On the double Christmas one special. One for $10, two right for 20
1: out. today only. No, no, because because quite frankly, I'm looking at these uh, cuts. So we've had some great times this year. I mean, we really have. It's been fun. We have. Yeah. And 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 we've gone. I mean, through we've a had, lot. Also a had some good times
3: when Shep wasn't here. Correct.
1: And oh. what a journey. In full I mean, disclosure. What a journey wow. we started on. That's a very year nice, Hermie. <laughs> you get a fucking lump of coal, <laughs> Monday, Monday morning. <laughs> so <laughs> damn. Well, well, at least you can be there now because you're not in retail. You can give him the lump of coal, and you won't. be Can you believe down. he said that? No. You know no. he's not in retail. Yes, yes I can't believe it because I, I agree with him. Y'all are horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Oh, easy there, and Muscle. Look, and moving
2: forward, with a little extra time, you could actually start putting a little bit of time outside of made Muscle, start putting a little production time. He
1: just said it's not in the budget. You didn't hear that. <laughs> well, he's not looking to pay anybody. So, so, so wait a minute, Shep. Shep. Shep, you're taking this personally. But the funny thing is, is what I asked the, the home crew to do, Aaron Arnold, my legislative aide, and he also works for my firm, my son Colin. Who everybody knows here. I like love Kyle. him to death. He's a great guy. I said, look, I want you to pull the funniest clips that you can find. And I gave some hints where they could be. And let's put it together and we'll make that a part of this podcast. Great. Right. Well, this demonstrates the the efficacy of my office because they were throwing us out these these clips at about what, 505, 5'10 when I asked for them a couple days ago. Uh they're still they were still at the office. And so what they've given me is a couple of things that I think we should. Bust this Christmas celebration show into two shows because wow. we have Christmas to even Christmas we, day. We have to fulfill the contract as well. Let's <laughs> roll out two. Things. Are you Shepping me? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> so shipping. this is all about the contract. I'm not. No, I'm not shipping you much. Shep. The funny thing is dumb <laughs> is that all of this stuff that you're about is about you. So this is like Mary Shepmas or Merry Christmas. I don't know which one to do, but what I'm thinking is this. you do one of each. Well, here's what I'm thinking. We've, we've had such a great conversation. I love the Christmas conversation. You there. got him hot. And we talked politics. Yeah. A special but moment. see, you right.
3: know what happens. You know what happens. Now, you're going to make him hot because when you make it about me, then Hermie gets on edge.
2: No, I just think
1: that's wonderful. You know that you. If you listen to last week's podcast, just say Dick Tricklin. He gets all cooled up. I mean, he was just not Okay, Shit, I'll kind like of be it. on his uh, side. <laughs> ask him about the contract again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? So what I think we're going to do is um, we're going to end this podcast, and this will be part one of our Christmas special. And what this, we're gonna has do, been, this really has been special. <laughs> are we going to do a New Year special too? Oh, sh- hell yeah. We're going to do All right. Yeah, we got much more to do here, man. We've got it. We, next week when we come back, when I come back to Richmond to move months. into my office, we're going to record from my office in the General Assembly At Building. Casscraper. At When no. are we doing now? No, no we Next week. No, 27th. Uh, December 27th. You're not going to be. I've got to move into the GAB. You're not going to be here. Yeah. Me in, in the morning. Yeah. Okay, how about the 26th? You going somewhere? A beach?
2: And we're going to Gatlinburg for New Year's Eve.
1: Oh, nice. But that's the 30th. 31st.
2: I don't know what he's talking about, but I leave in Fed on the 29th. Oh, okay. But on the 27th, okay, 27th. I'll be available I until later. Okay, so Sorry. we're going
1: to we're going to record again on the 27th, but we're going to come At back Leuchttain. here in a little bit here. <laughs> uh but by the magic of podcasting, it's going to be halfway through the week. We're going to release another one, and we're going to go over some of the best of moments with Shep Moss. It's Merry shep Moss, It's going to be Merry great. Christmas. We're going to actually have- to release two-part. one a day between now and New The 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we could have done the 12 days We're of going to be as regular as we're on, on Metamuse. the okay? of Christmas, my <laughs> gave to me. Another shep Moss highlight. Mm. So, gentlemen, would you agree to that? No, wonderful. Oh,
3: wonderful. Do you have any, uh, can you do a teaser of what they may be of for the listeners? Well,
1: sure. So they can tune can back I, in. The way you set this up, can I just play it and, and it works that way? It'll apply. Okay. Well, So let me, let me see if this works. All right. This is one of those that we, uh, we actually, this was a beginning. This just gives you a little teaser of Shep Moss starting our series all right chap i'm going to let you lead us back into segment two and i want you to do it in your dj voice i want to use one of your small business implements to lead us back into segment two. go so hello everybody and welcome back to
3: another segment of leaning left and turning right
1: <laughs> that was great <laughs> oh boy all right. Man, yeah. Yeah, dude. Look, the worst part. Now, this sounds
2: like a been, great show. Well, part of how you've made a <laughs> living for the last 35 years has been working on microphone, DJing, You're getting correct. people to dance, do all this, and then you'll give us a. Oh, well, 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 hello, everybody. <laughs>
3: We're leading left and turn right. We're ass happened? back. <laughs> sure,
1: what happened? <laughs> with creeds and. I had and no production notes. Check, go.
3: I didn't have any Dude, time but that's the whole point.
1: Go. I mean, that's that was the whole point was just to get you. Usually, I fumbled. You're usually yeah. pretty fleet afoot, but that yeah,
2: sounded I like yeah. that sounded like you were while just trying to bring us back from a bumper, you were like were lying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, so so let me I give fumbled. you give me a high that's leaning left and turning right intro with Shep Moss. Then some of the titles that my son has given these things, Shep complains. <laughs> No, no, that's gotta be a misprint. <laughs> that's gotta be about 30 minutes. And then Shep doesn't need wh- porn Pornhub. That's need porn hub. No, not and with then my wife. Absolutely. Shep's late then brags about vacationing. Now would you like to hear one more just a little teaser? You're bragging about, you? about vacationing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, vacations like like may, may be Kenya. over. Yeah.
3: Vacations may be over with, all, all
1: right. So let's let's hell, let's do another teaser. Why not? Because then we'll get to the two big ones. Uh, we have a hard are, time getting off the. Which air. Shep is a umpire, the Shep is an umpire.
3: Shep is an umpire,
1: and then our porn. We can't start stuff. the show, and we damn sure can't have it. All right, all right, gentlemen, get ready here. We're going. We're going to play one more teaser. This is why you got to come back on part two of Mary Shepmas. or Mary Shep Moss. Grab this right now. I can hear it. All right, that I is like here. We got Shepper. I like how he painted this picture that I just bitch,
3: moan and complain. What the listeners don't see and understand bitch, the logistics complaint. Uh, nightmare behind the scenes to get this podcast taped and what we have to put up with and tolerate in the 38 smoke breaks and the <laughs> eastern stanley time and the last second notifications of when we're going to take and I what mean, we're going to talk about too. you know when when brad tuesday was running this show it was a
1: <laughs> lot more organized oh, <laughs> Brad Tuesday, Bill, there
3: he goes again.
2: See, I was trying to be on your side and get on Shep, but since you've turned on me a little bit, Shep, I'll ask you. You got the same guy who's got the podcast problem, same guy that asked for these clips on late, <laughs> late last week and got them at 5 o'clock today. What's the problem? So
3: what's the problem? I mean, who's in charge of this damn
2: thing? Isn't
1: that the best way to do is it? Is though? it a
3: communication problem? Like where's I the breakdown? You. Look, I'm not cheap, but I'm very efficient. If you want
1: some cook shit, go to fucking you know, Denny's. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a Christmas. That's, thing. Yeah. That's, Go to friggin' denny's. Beep, beep, beeps, <laughs> I mean, this is this. Are we is doing spark- a toys for tit donation Look, for every beat? One of the great things I always hear about this is that everybody who listens to us and is a boatload of people said, "Do you guys play in the sound?" Like hell no. And they're like, they like it. Oh, they, they like want it. It's spontaneous. Yeah, it's spontaneous of right. this podcast. Do we... We're uh, like a... What do you call it? A dart with finish? no feathers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to... So let's finish up with a... Shep doesn't need Pornhub, clip, and that, that oh, will that get us into be, the, get Why not so close not. a Christmas <laughs> show?
2: <laughs> Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now let's talk about porn. <laughs> All
1: right. Is that a yes or a no? Well, well, I mean, yeah, you can't think, watch okay. it in Virginia anyway, okay. so... Shep, do you want to hear this I don't part? Even I mean, you may want to share them. All right, we're we're gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire off all three of these. Yeah.
3: I mean, look, a girl like I've got thirty years. I don't need porn of. Oh, that's, that's it. That's, 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 it that's a little it. bit much to be. Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's the, I think that's gonna score some. A points. Little
1: over the top. I'm thinking. You think that's she, gonna hey, score some points. You think I'm you'll buy it? it? Yeah. And he's I didn't think she's gonna buy it, he's he's un- un- <laughs> a but I said it. Or are you gonna let her listen got to this a seventy-five? Good God, Would yeah, yeah, you, you be quiet you over there? Are you like building an ark? <laughs> he's building, he's building, an building an arc. a Porn set over there. So oh, we had some time at
2: Lake
3: Gaston. We, we gotta uh, do that again at some point.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you what that was. That was special. endeavor. I still say the
3: umpire one though. That's got to be in segment two.
1: And let me tell you, right, right
3: now, what's coming?
2: If you go ahead and call your. Your your uh, office. Yes. Who's who's known to get things done in a timely manner for you. They're gone. If you tell goes now you need it, boom, we can gone. put it, we can put that one on the Valentine
3: show. <laughs> I was thinking of next year's <laughs> okay. best of next year's. But look putting best a
2: putting a nine one one request to your office
3: and say, Look, I need this ASAP. <laughs>
1: And look, if we don't get about right. Valentine's Day, yeah. it'll kick off the Easter show. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I missed Chad Moss. Maybe we too. can
3: play that when the MLB season starts
1: right, in so, April. <laughs> so we're gonna come back. We're gonna we're gonna end this one, and we're gonna start a new one, and we're gonna play the two most famous, most requested, most listened to clips that involve you, Mary Shep Moss, or Mary Chris Moss. Well, and what Moss. are they? Uh, they are. Do you even want? They are the when title? you revealed your history as an umpire. In the South Hill, uh, Dixie Boys. We League. had a Major League Baseball player come out of South Hill <laughs> oh since God. 1970. <laughs> he now we still reeling. because of him. And, still then, reeling. and then we're going to go back to the Lake Gaston tapes. Oh, actually, those are both two Lake Gaston yeah. tapes. We're going to go back to the Lake Gaston tapes and actually talk about the famous night when we went over. <laughs> <laughs> when we went over. My pornography bill that protects children. But well, we all had phone calls from people that were mad at me for that bill because it cut off all their porn oh, you know, yeah. just to protect children. And you don't believe don't believe <laughs> And then we go through an incredible conversation about our own experiences growing up. And then we have the absolute star, Plugmore. That was awesome. And him because him of you, Shep I mean, Moss. he answered the phone. It's all about you, Shep Moss. It's all about you. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to this part one Christmas special. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill I mean, we Stanley. We have a lot of ground on this. A little one. bit. Yeah. All right. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley and uh, Shep. I got a question for I'm you. Sure. What? So, do you
3: see somebody in the Senate that will be able? Well, I know about? they can't replace Frank Ruff, but do we have somebody that can potentially fill his shoes for the Republican side? Even if it takes some time, I understand it will take some time, but no. what's plan B? No,
1: there is no plan B. He's the end of an era. You get into the new. I mean, when you're talking about Mark Obenstein and uh, Ryan McDougal and then me, Richard Stewart, being the old guard. So, I mean, guard. can
3: you change your ways a little bit to kind no.
1: of mold, no. <laughs> to kind of try to fit that no. mold a little Teach bit? Teach old dog <laughs> new tricks? No, that just did not happen. No, I'm just one way. I mean, I'm wired the same. Always the truth, but I'm gonna be passionate. I'm gonna to try to make a joke out of it, and I'm gonna to try to, you know, be better about it and get a result that I want. I mean, that's why you'll see. We'll talk about the bills I'm gonna drop. Uh, my stuff always makes a difference. Hi. Governor's office called me, wanted me to c- claim a, you know and carry for them a couple of bills. And I was like, those are boring. I'm not doing I'm it. I'm not doing it. not doing it. Oh, there you go. So all right, we're gonna come back, but you're gonna end this episode and we're gonna have part two of the Christmas special, a second episode. This is leaning
2: right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator. I do have one more question for her, powered with Hermie Sadler,
3: <laughs> Senator Bill Stanley,
2: yes, and
4: Shepard Mosa.
3: Hermie, Hermie, we didn't talk about Eric Montrose Oh, well, I know you want to mention
1: thing. that. That's important. That's important. But we'll do that. Go ahead. No, no. We'll let's talk about that next because that's a very important thing. I don't think we ought to, we had to leave. He's trying to, he's to produce yeah, without yeah. producing. Honestly, yeah, he's keeping it going. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm. State I thought, we've already Phil signed State. all three times. Oh, we did.
2: Powered by Pace and magic Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Jingle Jingle. Happy New Year.
1: Okay. God bless you all. We'll be back with part two, but this is the end of this episode and the next one will be in a couple days. Merry Christmas. God bless you all.
5: Hey, it's Conrad Thompson with SaveWithConrad.com. You've heard me bragging on the podcast for years about helping people save money on their current house, but did you know that I could help you with your next house as well? That's right, we can get you into your next house with zero down. No money down loan programs are still available, and I know it sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you. And by the way, home ownership is more affordable than you might think. We routinely turn renters into homeowners. And we hear back that their new house payment is more affordable than what they were paying in rent. Why would you keep doing that? Stop throwing your money away, paying for someone else's mortgage, and start building wealth for your family. And let my family help at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit to do this. We can improve credit scores down to the 500s, and it's worth mentioning we never say no. We say not yet, but here's how. You need a game plan to buy a house, and that's where we come in at SaveWithConrad.com. We'll ask you what down payment do you want to make, and zero is an acceptable answer, and what monthly payment do you want, and then it's time to go shopping. Find out how easy it is and how affordable it is to become a homeowner at SaveWithConrad.com.